<laughs> so you're prepared for that. It's not going to turn into Tales from the Pit, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pit. <laughs> the Music Pit, otherwise known as Waveformed. No, I am not Christian Ramirez, the subtitle of the show. My name is Michael Swaim, and I'm here briefly borrowing the audio reins from your usual host, Christian, for a very special episode, because you see, Christian si- simply could not be interviewed. Oh, let me... The bit is, Christian couldn't be a host, because he's being interviewed. Hey, there he is. Hello. I already fucked up the hosting job you gave me mere moments ago. (laughs) I mean, you gave me the hosting job in the first place. It's a chicken or egg thing. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so uh, I'm taking over the hosting role informally just for this episode, so that the fans can get to know your musical taste and decide to continue or stop listening to this series, (laughs) presumably based on that. Yeah. Um, this is Waveform, a show where we get to know our friends better through music by asking a guest to select a 10-song playlist that we then share on Spotify and discuss with them. And you can find links to those playlists at patreon.com slash smallbeans. So, did you have any caveats? Here's what I'll say, Christian. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Chrissy Poo. <laughs> Bubala. Mikey. Um, this is the narrowest in genre yeah. I think of the playlists I've seen come out of the series so yep. far. Are you someone who feels that you really are mostly down for a few select genres or is there a specific reason this playlist came out this way? There is a specific reason why this one came out this way. Um, and this one, I guess I can say it now is going to be kind of a chronological account of, my musical taste as I was growing up. So the mixtape actually is in a preconceived order. Sure. Yes, exactly. That's what, see, all the guests should be doing that, but we didn't broadcast <laughs> it enough. No, I mean, I think. But like I, if you were making, when I made a mixtape to like impress a girl, the yeah. order mattered. Yeah, I didn't exactly. just go on random. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, that's what this one is to me. I, and I do like, I, I liked seeing that. I mean, obviously yours wasn't in a particular order. I did like looking at them and looking at the two playlists that I've seen so far and going, okay, mm-hmm. I wonder why this is coming out in this particular order. And if there wasn't a reason, then there wasn't a reason. Okay. But for me, that's when I think of, I want you to, or whoever's listening to this to get to know me better. There's a very re- specific reason why I chose the songs in the order that I chose them. Nice. All right. Well, should we dive in or is there anything to say beforehand? Okay. I think that's it. We can dive right in. All right. So Christian is being born. <laughs> wrestling his way through the womb the womb walls you know how you got to bust through those yeah, womb yeah. walls and the first song that represents no okay number one <laughs> is elemental by tears for fears yeah So this, if we're going chronological, to you this corresponds to the earliest point in our tale. Yeah, this one. Paint a picture. Yeah, this. (laughs) I have a very specific memory of this and the next song, but um, Tears for Fears, and we'll get into the next one when we get to it. Tears for Fears specifically conjures images of a house where I lived with my mom after my parents had gotten divorced. where it was just me and her at first, and then she had a boyfriend that didn't end up staying around. But this was a house that she, because she worked she worked overnights so that I could go to school and she could be there during the day. Mm. Um, 
And when it was like a weekend or whatever, her days off, Tears for Fears is a band that would be playing in the background. And I can see like the den and I, I would be just sitting in the living room playing with whatever uh, Play-Doh or whatever it was that I was playing with at the time. <laughs> you did a video game gesture. Yeah. Well, would you sit with Play-Doh and tactile. I guess it's rubbing? Yeah, yeah it All was right. just a tactile thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it was... And so this is... Uh, Tears for Fears is a particular band that is strongly linked to my mom. Interesting. Um, and, and do you like all their stuff generally? Uh, yeah, I like... Because their, their sound is their sound. Yeah. They stay close they to their have, sound. They uh, have... The big ones for me are obvious uh, are um, songs from the big chair and elemental. Those two albums are like those are the ones that I center on, and then the ones that okay. um, most strongly uh, evoke those memories. And yeah, and it's and I think obviously I like new wave. Just expanding from them specifically, I like a lot of new wave, mm. and that comes from my mom. That is, and, yeah. and that's like the basis of where my musical taste started. I think. Nice. Her name was Moog. Um, yeah, so, d- okay. Well, I'll ask that. All right. Do you like Sowing the Seeds of Love? That's my favorite Tears for Fears. Y- yes. Mad World's very good. But yeah, Mad World is good, too. Yeah, they're great. And they're, they're, they have a sound all their own that no one can copy. Yeah. Um, and I liked Elemental specifically because it felt more experimental with the type of sounds that they were incorporating mm-hmm. into it rather than songs from the big chair, which was pretty straightforward new wave. Sure. Like very indicative of the time. Elemental came out in like nineteen ninety one, I think. And it and it's just very different from trying some stuff shit. that they, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. From what they'd done before. I don't think it sold well, so it didn't work. Yeah, but I know. Yeah. <laughs> I respect the artists who push it even if it doesn't always sell. Yeah. Um and when you listen to that those songs now, does it rocket you back to that time for or do you feel your mom's presence or is it just in the rotation now at this um, point there's there's certain ones that uh do take me back uh, notably the ones off of songs from the big chair this one in particular was just that it's in the rotation now because it's and this is the opening song off of that album mm-hmm. and that's why Additionally, I put it on this playlist as the opening song. Oh, I see what you did because there. Because it was all right, and and it's not going to be the same for all the other ones. That would be interesting. But, <laughs> like tra- your fifth cut is track five from an yeah. album. I mean, I'm not going to try to do that this time, but um, yeah, particularly elemental. I just the actual way that it builds at the beginning of it, mm-hmm. and um, the vocal line in it is just it's really elemental. great. To me. Yeah. <laughs> And there, and there's of course there's their their vocals the the vocal quality of Tears for Fears is something that I appreciate more than almost anything about them just because um, they kind of sound like other new wave bands but I think mm-hmm. their actual technical ability is better than a lot of other new wave bands yeah and they're haunting yeah. they sound like smooth ghosts yeah. <laughs> Smooth Lots of is like, actually uh, very appreciated. Yeah. With another awe uh, that's harmonizing yeah. perfectly under it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're good. All right. So that takes us to number two. Touch the Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, by whom? Ice House.
Oh, okay. Uh, this All is right. a band it does say Italian. who is okay. an Australian I recognize, new wave band. Were they ever big? Because I recognize the cover very distinctly. Yeah, they have a couple of songs off okay. of this album, Man of Colors, and um, the next one, which was called Great Southern Land, which... Had, they had By a the way, that, those two things don't always mix, yeah. Man of Colors and the Great Southern Land. <laughs> well, they're from Australia. Okay. So. It meant different things. Their system oppresses different indigenous yeah. people of color. Okay. But yeah, um, this particular one is the most linked to my mom. This okay. is one that is, if there's any song, uh, if I could choose one that represented something that reminds me of my mom it's this one then why wasn't it track one uh just because i think tears for fears as a band is more representative oh, of that okay. but um particularly this one ice ice house as a band not so much because i, I only see. got into their other stuff when i was like a teenager and then went back in my to early see if 20s. they're good yeah. exactly <laughs> and so um yeah but this particular song touch the fire is is remains one of my favorite songs even though I like some of their other stuff better, just because it's such a specific memory of yeah, what's hanging the memory? out with my mom in hanging out with my mom in that house um, that I don't even know where it is really. really. It's just it's one of those it's one of those that's like it's blurry because it's so old, right? And so, um, but was it her favorite song or the heaviest in rotation? I think this is, is one that was the, the heaviest in rotation, okay. um, and. The guitar riff at the very beginning of it, that's a that just immediately puts me in a headspace where I'm where I'm there. And right. I'm like and I'm I'm a little kid. And um yeah. Uh, this is one and it's weird because I just get random memories. There was also that leads me down this rabbit trail where <clears throat> I was little and just listening to my mom play piano in mm. in the den and like I don't know, that for whatever reason, because my mom, she used to sing a lot and play music yeah. a lot when I was little, and that kind of faded away when I got older. Right. And Did she play this song? Uh, she didn't play this song. Okay. She would just play whatever it was on the piano that right, she was right, right. playing. And it's something that, I mean, now it's precious to me because mm. it's it's so long ago. Right. And it's like not something that I that I get to experience anymore. So, yeah. Is it annoying when you're listening to this song and then it takes you back to your mom playing piano and the piano interferes with the song you're listening to? <laughs> if, yeah, like it when it suck. does that, it does. Yeah. Yeah. If there's ever any contradicting musical memories. Yeah. yeah. No, but this... Shut up, mom! <laughs> listening to Ice House! Yeah, and this one is like all of these songs are ones that I will definitely sing in the car when I'm by myself. Mm. At the top of my lungs. All 10? Yeah, okay. I think so. That's good to know. <laughs> Going forward, because the next song is Filthy, You Bad, Bad Man. <laughs> Squeeze Box. Mom's got a squeeze box she wears on her chest. But when daddy comes home, he never gets no rest. Cause she's playing all night. Um... Which, if you were translating it from euphemism language, the song would be called Vagina, the song by The Who. <laughs> it's funny because... Yeah. It's like a song called Juicy Cave. Yeah. You know what the fuck we're talking about, wink, wink. But this one, um, 
this one has a very specific idea of when my stepdad came into our lives because he is the one that introduced me into older rock music like The Who and Led Zeppelin and um, the Rolling Stones. So (laughs) the funny story behind this one is that we would listen to The Who. He had their greatest hits. It was like a double or triple album that we would listen to in the car when we were going on road trips because about every year we we didn't have a lot of money but we could go camping or whatever Mm -hmm. so this is one that would come on and my little brother who is seven years younger than me this was his favorite song oh boy (laughs) so he was going into my little brother's favorite song was turning japanese (laughs) Which is that song that's racist and about jerking off in prison. Yeah. And my dad had to make up a fake explanation of what the words meant when he was like, what is this song about, dad? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's just kind of like what this song, the same thing with my little brother. Did he make, was there a story though? It's like, it's about playing an accordion. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was playing music and they're playing music all night. That's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and so just like your mom and me play music all night. <laughs> yeah. But no, this one is, um, and yeah, so we had to kind of like, we know you love this song, but you just don't sing it at school. Oh, <laughs> like, cause that's this an is, he was in like aspect. first or second grade. Yeah. And when he, and he just loved this song and that's why. Yeah. Did and he sing it with a gravelly old man voice no. like the track? <laughs> no, that is all right. Yeah, no, he is very much just his my little brother Ian. Yeah, yeah, just Mama's jamming out to this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, two things about this. First of all, they know what the metaphor is, and yet they still insist on saying the she's got a squeeze box on her chest. Yeah. <laughs> because that's where an accordion would go. Right. But at the same time, that makes the song about <laughs> this couple titty fucks all night so much that they can't, dad cannot get to sleep. Yeah. Because like he'll fall asleep and she'll just have her titties around his dick and wake him back up. He's like, damn it, mama. Daddy's got to sleep. Yep. But the kids are all right. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is I have to, I just have to bring it up because in my episode, yeah. you brought up Elvis Costello saying inexcusable things yeah, yeah, he should yeah, never have said, which for the record, he has also he said he was doing intentionally because his managers said that you're a punk, that's what you have to be, and that's sure. your persona on tour. And so he was trying to think of, as he says, I was smashed and trying to think of the most offensive thing I could say because yeah. I was nervous to meet these heroes yeah. of mine. I thought it would end the conversation quickly and my managers would be pleased that I made a punk scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he greatly overestimated the effect of what he was going So my point is, um, Pete Townsend's a pedophile. You know this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> right. I've heard about this. Yeah. Uh, you heard about this? Have you seen this? <laughs> Pete Townsend's a pedophile? Yeah. Um, well, he got caught with about kitty porn and stuff. And then he said he was writing an essay about kitty porn. Later he altered it to, I'm not really a pedophile, but it's it, porn is so accessible. It yeah. just flows in. Um, and then what it, I love the who too, but going back all of the Pete Townsend songs, man, peep the lyrics of behind blue eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's him writing in code about how he's struggling with wanting to have sex with children and he knows mm-hmm. that's bad. And if I swallow anything evil, put your finger down my throat. Like it gets yeah. so dark if you read it that way. Yeah. No one knows what it's like to be 
fated to be hated telling mm. only lies. If you know you're saddled with an attraction to children, you know people will hate you and you can never tell anyone. Sure. Anyway, fuck your song because you <laughs> fucked some of my song. Now all the songs are bad. Everyone's yeah. canceled Everyone's and you're not allowed awful. to listen to yeah. anything. <laughs> Speaking of not listening to anything, the reverse of that would be getting into another song. <laughs> Number four, Monkey Wrench by yeah. the Foo Fighters. <laughs> This is off what I think is their best album. The Color um, and the Shape, right? Yeah. yeah. This is the one. I mean, I mean, it, it, I guess critically it's probably their best album uh, as far as what it's considered because um, it has the most hits on it. Uh, it has My Hero. Has I like that time. one. Yeah. Um, it's got Everlong. Um, I don't like that one as much as everyone likes it. But yeah. the music video, the Gondry music video was yeah, quite yeah. good. Um, and it has... Maybe my favorite, one of my favorite Foo Fighters songs, February Stars, on it. Um, this one in particular is just same time period for me because my dad also brought in, and when my dad and my mom uh, eventually got married and like what they'd been together for a while, they brought this kind of music into my purview. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the time period when I was, when I was, on the verge of going into like middle school and we had this tiny house that was two bedrooms and, but there was a loft that was like, (laughs) that had a short ceiling because it was literally inside the roof. Like it was just a storage space. It was just a storage space, but we turned it into my room because Mm -hmm. that's what we had to for the sake of having enough room. Because it was a 90s sitcom. Yeah. (laughs) And you were the friend whose parents left town. Yeah. So now you just wisecrack from the attic and, put the kids shit in perspective <laughs> but yeah and so um that's and so that is this song 100 percent. i had an old boom box that had the little two tape decks on it so that i could record stuff mm-hmm. off of other things and transfer them and this is one that was in constant rotation i would i would play this album so much it was my parents' album that they would constantly be getting it from me when uh, they wanted to listen oh, right, to it right, because right. it was just in my room. For me, that was Offspring's Americana. Yeah. Dad brought it home, but then I kept stealing it. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so that's that's what this is for me. So there's two Foo Fighter tracks. I believe both from The Color and the Shape on the uh, 10 the, list. No? No, the second one is not. Is a different album. Okay. Yes. Um, but you, so obviously though, you like Foo Fighters yeah. like career wide, yeah, not yeah. just these two songs. Dave Grohl is one of my favorite, probably my favorite musician. Um, friend overall. of a friend almost made it on my list. Yeah. I love that. That's, I find that song deeply depressing in a way that I like. Yeah. And my I question think, is, yeah. so where's the Nirvana oh, on uh, here? Well, okay. Nirvana's and, or not, what, what role did Nirvana play in your life, if any? Right. Nirvana came in after this playlist. Because mm. um, this playlist only takes me through a time period when I hadn't gotten into Nirvana yet. Sure. And um, yeah. And so the, if I made, whenever it is, if I do this again, it would probably make it onto another playlist. Um, and I do like Nirvana. I just don't like grunge as much as I like straightforward rock. Sure. 
Um, so it's just grunge is kind of the disco. Disco is to rock what grunge is to punk. Yeah. It was a very specific short time where you're like, we're all into this sub sound of this sound. And then it went away and you're done with that. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I, I even like probably some, it's hard to, to say the things that I, that I like if I like grunge or alternative more or whatever, because alternative is such a broad, like loose category that doesn't have a good it's the definition. best category though. Right. Exactly. But it's, it is like alt, so I loosely like defined. Yeah. <laughs> alt rock. <laughs> and so, but yeah, um, Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl specifically is probably my favorite musician. Mm. Um, and Foo Fighters of course is, the first two albums were basically entirely his brainchild and he's the driving force behind them since then. Um, and I just think that I, I think that as they've gotten older too, they've gone back to doing stuff. Um, that isn't the same as it was before, but they've like evolved. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. And he, of course, uh, started, the his metal band that he did with Lemmy for Motorhead. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember their name. Right Me neither. Now, I remember the music video. Right, and and so I mean, I just I respect him as an artist a lot. Sure. Yeah, because he always right. does what he wants is what it seems like. But he works extremely hard yeah. at it. Yeah, he strikes me as a Keanu Reeves type. Yeah, like he shows up and he's like. Oh, the main guy died. I'll learn guitar yeah. and like goes and works as hard as he has to to learn guitar. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, that takes us to number five: a praise chorus by J E W. Yep. Offensive acronym. <laughs> Jimmy Eat World. Yes, Jimmy. Eat Jimmy World. eat the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is one of the first, the first album that I remember. One of the first ones that I remember buying for myself. Um, That's true of thirty percent of the people our age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because this one I was off of Bleed American, which also had the middle. The middle. Yeah. The um, middle dominated. People who weren't old enough don't understand how much the middle dominated the sound space yeah. when the middle was out. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, this one also had their one of their saddest songs hear you me um but this particular one a praise chorus i saw jimmy world for the first time when i was um i think i was in eighth grade because uh, we went to the pop disaster tour me and my best friend at the time mm-hmm. and because your my, mom <laughs> <laughs> no but um my because my birth father decided to take us there even though blink 182 green day there was probably not the most responsible thing for two eighth graders How old? to be by eighth ourselves. Grade? Okay. Yeah. Oh, by yourselves. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He wasn't accompanying us at all. Oh that's, no. That's the the tour. I mean, that's the event where I saw boobs for the first time in person, which is weird. <laughs> it ain't that weird. I, I know, know, but it's, it's fine. It's got to happen eventually. Yeah, but it just seemed like, oh, I shouldn't be here by myself. Yeah. It was one of those moments, and so it was. Yeah. Jimmy World was that's when I was introduced to them, um, and they've they've been off and on for me since then. Because I I mean I've I've had 
depressive issues occasionally. Mm-hmm. And they're definitely one that I listen to when I want to feel things, uh, at least a few of their songs. To make you feel emotions because the depression makes you feel emotionless? Because I want to feel sad. Or to push yourself further down the spiral. Well, it's because I want to feel sad. Which is not so. always healthy, but when you want it, you'd go to this song. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, this one in particular isn't one of those songs. This one, um, a, a praise chorus, is one of their more upbeat and like happy songs. And this is one that I think will very clearly peg me as being somebody who's who was raised on movies like Can't Hardly Wait and stuff like that, which mm. is problematic, but that's kind of where I get my sense of romance and stuff from, um, which, of course, we all have issues with that. Hopefully mine has evolved since then. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> this is definitely like the imagery of um, <clears throat> uh, play me something that I know because you you want to take advantage of this moment that you're never going to have again. And yeah. what if you don't say something? What if you just keep living your life and don't? I used to constantly tear up to that Eve Six song. Yeah, here's to the nights yeah. we felt alive, <laughs> which now as an adult feels like a beer commercial song. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This stuff- but it got me. I was like, yeah, high school friends, they'll be my friends forever. <laughs> and this is the one where it's like. Um, where I really like, I felt it. I was like, cause we're all the protagonists of our movie mm-hmm. in our head, especially when we're teenagers. And this is the one where I'm like, this is for me. This yeah. is me. Like I gotta do whatever it is. I gotta say the, how I feel to the girl. It's another one that okay. would make me cry. And just like the movies, we yeah. play out our last scene yeah. and now it seems so cheesy. Yeah. And yeah, now it is, it's a little trite, but it still strikes that chord in me. Sure. It takes me back to where I'm, and, and I like that version of me in, in as much as he is somebody that really like believes in love yeah. and like, <clears throat> and really like, and feels it yeah. when, and wants to feel it. And Do you know so, Not A Surf? Uh, I've, I've heard Not A Surf, yeah. Do you know the song Robot? I don't. All right, well, that's all. It, that'll be a joke to people who know that song. <laughs> it's it's they sound like people who like the sound of Jimmy World. Yeah. I think would like the sound of Not a yeah. Surf, but at the same time, Not a Surf has a song called Robot that is the exact opposite sentiment. Mm-hmm. It's like the hallmark version of love is programming all the men to be rapists <laughs> in our society. Yeah. You guys got to stop. You're just robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love is a fake thing that they're fucking selling you. <laughs> Equally good song though. Yeah. Uh, is there anyone named Jimmy in the band? I think so. I th- it's a weird name. Do you know anything guitarist? about the history of the name or um, why it's Jimmy? Or I think it was the it was the lead singer's younger brother had drawn a picture of whoever his name is Jimmy in the <laughs> band at eating the world. Oh, okay. And that's and they're just like that's with. cute. Who cares? Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, well, let's move on to number six because I have the same question and I always have way more emphatically for this band. Yeah. Our number six track coming in at number six, Man Overboard by Blink-182. Yeah. Why hyphenate and add a number, a sequence of numbers? It became a huge thing. Eve yeah. 6 is hyphenated yeah. with a number. 
I don't know why Blur wasn't called Blur hyphen six seventy one. Some forty one. But what? <laughs> some forty one fucking sucks. <laughs> but what is the deal with Blink one eighty? I know you can't. You I probably the, can't answer. Yeah. The. I mean, we all know. I mean, I think the general rumor was that Scarface says fuck one hundred eighty two times in the runtime of the film. Okay. And what, I don't know. Then what does Blink, Blink mean? I don't know. Okay. So they had the idea of naming their band Blink. Yeah. And then someone's like, add this number. Yeah. I like it for this reason. <laughs> okay, good. Well, 10CC, who we've referenced on this show yeah. several times, are named after based on the fact that the average man ejaculates 9CCs <laughs> of cum. So they're like, we're one more. It's we're 10CC. Yeah. yeah. All right, Look so at how much cum we have. <laughs> why Blink and why this Blink track? Take us back in time, if you will. Yeah, uh, similar time period. This was when me and my friends had started going to concerts and stuff like that. Still eighth grade age? Um, transitioning into eighth, high school. Eighth, ninth, tenth. Yeah. yeah. And so Man Overboard is actually very specifically conjures an image of um, my best friend at the time that had gone to the Pop Disaster Tour with me. Um, it's us riding in the car with his parents driving us to a concert. Mm -hmm. And so that's where this Blink-182 song came from. And I heard it for the first time. And this is actually one of my favorite songs of theirs. Um, And I think it just sticks with me because of that specific memory. It's like, it's a memory of being, being a kid and like, and the excitement of doing something new like we're starting to go to concerts and stuff like that we're starting to get you're when you're first starting to explore the world Mm -hmm. and this is the the soundtrack to that in a broader sense are you is that mainly what you use music for is to connect to the time that you first heard the music i don't mean mainly but that seems like that's not something i really do at all yeah so Speak on that a little bit. Um, why is your focus? Why did it interest you to place these chronologically? Is that music's role in your life? Kind of. Yeah. Um, it does. It definitely. I always when I when I really get into music, it's because of the emotion that it evokes in me. Mm-hmm. And obviously, memories and emotion are tied. Yeah. Super super tightly. So, for me. I think definitely a lot of pop punk and stuff like that. It brings me joy because it reminds me of a time before I had like a ton of responsibilities. Mm. And, and so, yeah, I think that definitely has it. Music certainly serves that role. Um, but more broadly, it serves the role of just it. I mean, it pulls out yeah. emotions in me. And as somebody who, <clears throat> like I said, struggled sometimes with depression I want to have those emotions pulled out of me. I want, I want something that makes me feel a lot of times because that's, because it reminds me because that time period was when I was feeling more intensely and I hadn't forced myself to like mute those, those feelings. And so, yeah, I, I guess that's probably why so much of it comes from a time period where emotions are very intense and you don't, you don't know how to control them any like Mm -hmm. yet. So, yeah. Did you ever get into any industrial techno? Like not much, because that's I mean, all very sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, if have you heard of VNV Nation? No. Well, he's great, but I mean, I've like getting a sense for what depresses you. I'm like, he would depress you. I think you'd like <laughs> that he he would effectively depress you. Sure. 
yeah, Victory Not Vengeance Nation. Okay. Another stupidly unwieldy name. <laughs> Much like Blink-182. Yeah. Yeah, my first CD I ever owned was Dude Ranch, and I would walk around the neighborhood singing Damn It, yeah. feeling like a bad oh, boy. Oh, yeah, Damn It is one of, yeah, that's another song that, if you're our age, yeah, that I think everybody. And what's the is? It's not. Damn it! It's what's the one that's? I am pathetic. I knew when she said, "You've got, you've got, you've got to help me out." Yeah. I'll try not to argue. I thought that was the greatest song ever written by humans. Yeah. When I was the right age for it. Yeah. And I then there's a sad that. one where a guy's drinking juice in his room and he might Adam kill himself. Song. Yeah, I remember because yeah. I had gotten much like older. Yeah. Now to Blink 182, kind of didn't realize they hadn't broken up yet. Yeah. Like, oh, there's still Blink-182. <laughs> and they had this resurgence with this sad teen suicide yeah. song that was really slow and moody. Yeah. Blink, man. Blink. Enema <laughs> of the state. Moving on to number seven. <laughs> Finch, a band I don't know. I didn't know until listening to this track. Mm-hmm. Stay With Me by Finch. Yeah. Are they obscure or not in the pop punk world? I just haven't heard of them. I think they are not obscure to the people who were into pop punk at that time. Right. Uh, Now, yeah, I think they're because they've gone. I don't. I don't know what they've done in the last. But they never have like a huge hit that I should know. Um, What it is to burn is probably the only one that you might have heard that was on the radio a lot um, at the time. But this one in particular. Again, just a very strong memory of me, my friends Matt, Ruben, AJ, driving in the car and singing this song at the top of our lungs kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Driving in my shitty 1967 Volkswagen Beetle because <laughs> I was the first one to get my driver's license. Nice. So I That's was a cool car, everyone. though. Yeah, it just our wasn't. I just didn't take care it's of it quirky. that well. Yeah, I didn't take care of it that well because I was dumb and I was 16. And... But this is, it's again, it's now I'm not just going to concerts that are close by being driven by my parents. It's me driving all of my friends to like San Diego to catch a concert yeah. with the Ataris and the Yellow Card and uh, all, mm. like, yeah. Atreyu. Yeah. Atre- <laughs> yes. The Descendants. <laughs> but, and so that's what Finch is to me. Um, it's, it is that high school early the earliest like feelings of independence where like I'm growing up, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm able to do things by myself now and <clears throat> stay with me is just another one. That's very cheesily, almost romantic. It's very trite now, but at the time it feels like, Oh yes, this is, this is what how, I'm going through. What love, right yeah. This yeah. is what love is definitely supposed to feel like. Um, yeah. Cause it's, it, the, the, the hook of it i mean it's not really the hook it's the breakdown part of it being uh stay with me um cigarettes and open air hand in hand and i said stay with mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it chuka, yeah, chuka, chuka, chuka. yeah and the and so that's yeah it's i'm 
I'm a cheesy romantic person sometimes yeah. deep in my heart. And that's, that's just one of the things that it is. Did you ever get into like the hardest of the hard punk? Like my brother was into like, do you know, MDC millions no. of dead cops is no. the name of the band. Like the, um, the hardest where, stuff. Like you would go to a show and all the songs, I'm not trying to be like an old fuddy daddy, yeah. <laughs> sound the same because it's set so high yeah. and all they do is go, ah, yeah. that it's a wall of that sound yeah. for two minutes and then it ends and they go, thanks, this next song's called Fuck Yourself. Ah, yeah. <laughs> thanks, this next song's called yeah. whatever, The President's Dying. Yeah. That shit, you go to mosh. Right. It's not, you cannot differentiate the sounds yeah. you're hearing. You go to mosh. Yeah, the, when I... When I was getting into punk, it was it was pop fun. punk. Yeah, <laughs> it was a fun phase. And um, like the hardest stuff that I went for when it when I was still punk was like anti flag. Sure. So not super no, hard. We're talking Gigi out. People right. like cutting their chest with razor exactly. blades and throwing their nipple I into never, the crowd and shit. Yeah. yeah, that was never my scene. My brother would go to shows where they'd piss on the crowd and okay. all that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and oh, we're like half the time. Someone drunk will jump on the stage and the show will end because they fist fight the yeah. band. <laughs> yeah, I never what, got into that like. scene. Because um, for me, when stuff, the harder stuff that I liked, or the heavy, it, it was more heavier stuff. It was yeah. like Avenge Sevenfold is the one that really comes to mind. They scream they, hard, right, loud. <laughs> right. And they, but they're also like very, they're much more theatrical and like dramatic yes. than other stuff. So it's, that's like the direction that I veered in, which I mean, I was a drama kid. I did musicals. So <laughs> like that kind yeah. of the drama and the theatrical nature of them spoke to me at the time. Definitely. No, there's when CBGBs existed mm-hmm. in New York City, there was definitely a CBGBs punk scene that was like our ethos is we don't care. Do you not understand? We tried so little. We didn't even write this song. I'm yeah. just slamming on the guitar randomly and screaming. The show is you guys punching each other in the face <laughs> yeah. and getting drunk. It's not a yeah. song, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like an experience. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but I, yeah, I've noticed you're you like punk sentiment, but you're definitely leaning towards people who actually did practice their instruments, right? And sit down and hash out like, then you'll play this, yeah. And then the verse ends <laughs> and it goes into the chorus, right? Like there's this, there's structure there, yeah. And I think that sort of peaks with our next one because they're very theatrical. This was a band that I was not supposed. I've never heard them before today okay. because you're not supposed to like them. It's not cool right. to like them. I was told that they were stupid emo bands, right. so I never, I avoided them yeah. very rigorously at my high school anyway. Yeah. Number eight, Screaming Infidelities <laughs> by Dashboard Confessional. And this bottle of beast is taking me home. I'm cuddling close to blankets and sheets, but you're not alone. You're not discreet. Make sure I know who's taking you home. Reading your note over again And there's not a word that I comprehend Except when you Which just sounds like just the name yeah. Is you're like, yeah, that guy's got some feelings just, playing on yeah. his heart Just that series of words Screaming infidelities by Dashboard, Dashboard Confessional <laughs> It's like um, Wet Cigarette by Sad Boy The Sad yeah. Boy Yeah <laughs> And that's my most emo phase was like that's what this embraces really for me mm-hmm. um 
<clears throat> yeah, this one is. It's also I, it made it onto the list. I listen to it now when I like when I like feeling sad. Um, but so it, it still works. It makes you sad. Yeah, it doesn't seem cheesy. Right. right. No, I'm but, trying to throw shade. No, no, no. But it <laughs> it does. I think it still makes me feel sad because the memory that it's linked to the most is that um, my best friend from childhood uh, broke up. Him and his girlfriend broke up in like this was uh, junior year of high school, mm-hmm. and I remember me picking him up on our way to school the next morning, and he just wanted to hear some emo. He wanted to hear um, like Dashboard Confessional, mm-hmm. and I didn't have that music at the time because Dashboard was something that I came to after that, like more when I was senior year graduating, that kind of stuff, and so. It makes me think of that because right after he broke up with his girlfriend is the time period when we grew apart, when we started mm. like fighting and stuff like that. And it was, and I knew he was upset about his, about the fact that they right, broke the relationship. Up. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like, I had been his friend for since like third grade. Mm. And so it was, it was that losing my childhood, I guess, kind mm. of a thing where things like, a relationship could disrupt or even make our relationship end right because they do become more important at that time yeah that's just that's kind of how how you grow up Mm -hmm. and so that's that's why this one kind of stuck around i think is because it is very much like this is this is when i started growing up and realizing so is the infidelity actually your friend cheating on you by leaving the friendship yeah i mean to me that's (laughs) cheating on the friendship with a girl yeah and it wasn't and it and i mean they'd broken up and it was just something that had put a strain on our relationship for whatever Mm -hmm. i mean because we're kids he was emotional yeah and i didn't know how to handle it raging hormones yeah none of us knew how to cope with it and so it just ended up driving us apart well, I think a way a lot of us coped with it is forming emo bands. Yeah. Do you realize you could have been this band? Because that's what certainly happened to them, and they re- yeah. went and made a band where yeah. they got an outlet for that. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> and we did, like, he and I ended up playing in, like, the talent show together because I, I played drums and he was learning to play guitar and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I told the story on Rough Stuff. This was the one where we played Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. Um, but that was already after we had already, we weren't best friends anymore. That's, that's our, our friendship level had been down. <laughs> the fellowship has right. broken. And, and so that's, yeah, that's that, that memory, that moment. You're bumming me out, man. <laughs> that's how it goes when you dashboard confessional. <laughs> But yeah, it's still one that I'll sing it in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have songs you listen to to feel happy? I feel compelled to ask. Um, I mean, when I'm listen, when I want, when I'm feeling happy. Yeah. Or when I want to. Do you have anything emphasize that boosts that? that? It's definitely it's more of the oh sound. so quiet by Bjork is a good <laughs> might be a good chaser after dashboard. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's mostly it's. It is still pop punk stuff a lot of times, or it is a lot of times I'll listen to rap when I want to get hyped mm-hmm. if I'm going to the gym or whatever, um, and I want to be picked up. There's, it's more the tone is more important when yeah. I want to be happy than anything else. Whereas these ones, it's the memory that it's specifically linked to. Yeah. Um, when when I want to be happy, I'll listen to 
pretty much anything that that peps me up. Right. Yeah. Do you know Atmosphere? The uh, rap group? No, I don't think so. My ultimate like get me out of the dump song is mm-hmm. a song of theirs. Every day can't be the best day, which okay. you might enjoy. Yeah. Um, let's take it on down to number nine. Another band that I know the name of, and yeah. I have the vague feeling I yeah. wasn't supposed to like either. <laughs> Interpol, it was okay to like, but Yellow Card, it was not okay to like. <laughs> okay. Uh, and for me, that was college age when I started hearing about Yellow Card yeah. being a thing. Is that the same for you? I heard them in high school. So this is View from Heaven by yeah. Yellow Card. I heard them before they like started blowing up, um, before mm. they got songs on the radio, really. Sure. Because uh, that was part of like when we were part of the pop punk scene or whatever. Totally. Yeah. They were somebody who toured with the Ataris. So um, so they were opening for them. Yeah. Mostly. You got turned on to them early. Yeah. yeah. Um, them and like Taking Back Sunday and Thursday and stuff like that. And they were one that we is actually the, There met. is a band just called Thursday? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right. I'm yeah. remembering that. I'm like, that's different from the Sunday band? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, they they were one that we, um, that me and my friends ended up seeing at, uh, at Warp Tour mm-hmm. in 2002. And I ended up seeing them 10 years later in 2012 after that. But they, <clears throat> that memory of Warp Tour in 2002 Warp. is, yeah. <laughs> Is Warped Tour, yes. Is one of my favorite ones from that time period. Um, it was me, my friend AJ, my friend Ruben, and my friend James. Uh, so it was most of most of our core group mm-hmm. were able to go to Warp Tour, and we spent the whole two days in Santa Barbara. We camped out yeah. the night in between and went to both days of the concert, both days of the festival. And... That was that was an era that was right before that was Yellow Cards album right before this one. Um, this particular song is linked most strongly to um, when I was my first year out of high school. With, uh, with some of my friends last year in high school, they were mm. a senior. I was a junior when they were a sophomore, kind of stuff. Sure. This one, um, we also played. We played not a gig, but mm. we played somebody's New Year's Eve party. Oh, okay. And we did some yellow card songs. And um, same group of people me, Matt, Ruben, AJ, um, Morgan. <laughs> and, uh, but this is one that came out after, after we had gone to Warp Tour together. And AJ is the one that is strongest linked to those two events for me because, um, the year after I had gotten out of high school, the year when they were seniors, uh, my friend AJ drowned. It was a couple weeks before graduation. And so that was something that deeply affected us. Of course. And it's something that still like comes back every year for me because, um, not just like the anniversary of when he drowned, but we had the same birthday. So, 
So yeah. now it's something that um, it was always so such a happy thing. Yeah. When 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 he was alive, it was we double birthday. Yeah. And shit. Yeah. We spent we spent a week. We we would do this thing where we would celebrate one of our birthdays the weekend before the actual day, and then we would celebrate the other one the weekend after the actual day, and so um, that was something that we are always shared. And now it's, I mean, that's kind of, I don't love, I don't have a good relationship with my birthday mm-hmm. just because a lot of them have been disappointing. I've had a couple when I was deployed to Iraq. Right. So there's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of negative feelings associated with that. And it's tough because every year um, when my birthday comes around, it, that memory, it, like it hits right, me. Right, right, of course. And, and he is i mean he's always going to be that kid and i'm always going to feel that every year and so i don't know and and that's why this song made the list because yeah. it was the one that after he died that i associated to, with that event yeah, yeah i attached to the most and so yeah uh, it was i still think about aj on a regular basis and of course i'm i'm healed of mm. from it but it's still it's still tough to it still is a reason why i don't have a great relationship with my birthday every year sure that makes sense yeah, yeah. uh and do the lyrics i tried to parse lyrics but i couldn't tell if they were ironic or not yeah. um but view from heaven of course appropriate right yeah all right well let's either pep it up or keep going down the i don't know what's gonna happen so (laughs) let's get to the 10th one uh our second foo fighters track did you Mm -hmm. feel weird at all including one band twice on when their 10 slots are so precious um i didn't because are they your main are they your favorite okay then it's like it's in recognition of that as you can probably i mean just from the conversation this song encapsulates my childhood until I was out of high school, pretty much. Yeah. It's that time period. It's it's a time period that I don't, like, that the newer friends that I have, like you and just the other people that from Gameplay Unemployed, yeah. and that's, it's a time period that I don't share with you guys at all mm. because it was before. <laughs> yeah. It was <laughs> sure, sure. a good 10 years before you ever met me. So, yeah. um, so this one in particular, uh, this song times like these is one that has always been a recurring like one that keeps coming back because it came around at a time when it was around when i was a senior in high school and right after that right before i went in the army that things were at a down point for me but and the, the lyrics aren't like anything special but it's just the fact that the idea to because to me the idea um, that times like these you learn to live again and stuff like that it's it is cliche but it's also a very real thing that you go through multiple times in your life that's why a lot of things are cliche right because no they definitely happen to almost everyone alive so yeah. they become a cliche yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's it's it is something that when I'm having, when I'm going through a downtime and I listen to this song, it does make me, I mean, it, it makes me think about the fact that it's not going to last forever. Yeah. Like, this is something that 
I'm going to get through that is going to that as long as I keep going, it's the bad things don't last. Yeah. And so this too shall pass. Yeah. And that's why that made the list. Street Fighters <laughs> are very good. Uh, yeah, there's a, a, another a song by a Jack Johnson song, Times mm-hmm. Like These, that's also pretty good that I thought it was for a second. Yeah. <laughs> I confused them. Um, yeah, man. Great playlist. Thank you. Very A lot of insight into your psyche, I think, yeah. from this playlist. Yeah. And this is the most formative. I think definitely anybody listening this mixtape is the formative mixtape not yeah. necessarily your top 10 songs exactly mixtape. yeah this is the one that i mean not it's, made me who i am but it is part of what made me me well getting to know the host the foundation yeah, yeah that's useful for this show and now if you don't like pop punk you can stop listening <laughs> you can uh ignore anything he says about music going forward yeah that's fine um <laughs> i would be interested to see a second playlist yeah. from you that's also just favorite songs yeah, yeah. for sure um, but I think this was a good way to go since people are getting to know you mm-hmm. and like the lens through which you view music it's interesting yeah. that you tied them all to memories that makes a lot of sense to me I don't do that at all right but it makes sense to me <laughs> <laughs> like my buddy who's, who's very phasal would yeah. be like remember that was when I li- used to listen to a Yumi Hamasaki Remember, that's when I used to listen to Fisher Spooner, and I'm like, Jesus, I haven't thought about Fisher Spooner in a long time. And he's like, yeah, no one has. we were listening to? Yeah, Real Big Fish played UCSD. That was a blast. I used to love Bucko Nine. Do you know Bucko Nine? I haven't heard of Bucko Nine. They were one of the millions of ska bands that fell out when it was like, everyone's doing ska now. Um, RX Bandits are visionaries, Uh, though. That's the topic for a different episode. (laughs) If we want to do a ska podcast. Um, you got any wrap-up thoughts or anything to say to the audience who's been with you on this musical journey thus far? Um, I mean, thank you for listening. This is a podcast that I really... it. I mean, the inspiration hit me, and I just threw it at Michael, and he liked the idea. So if you like it, too... I mean, music touches all of us in whatever way that it does. Mm-hmm. It's one of the universal languages. And I think... I mean, obviously not universal. If you're deaf, maybe not. I don't know. I don't want to be that guy. But um, yeah, I hope everybody that's listening, if you're a patron or whatever, hit me up on Twitter or in the Discord and let me know what you think, like how how these songs or other songs affect you. I'm, I yeah. love talking about music. I think everybody does. So It's yeah. true. Everyone does want yeah. to share their opinion on music always. Yeah. Um, and it's more interesting than describing your dreams as we <laughs> talked about off mic. I think yeah. that's true. I yeah. dissect it. And it's like, I wish I knew more about sports and cared more about sports. Cause sure. there's this secret language where b- people are like, instead of awkward small talk, we can talk about what's currently going on in sports. Cause <laughs> we have true. to kill time in this room together. Like yeah. if you only know someone vaguely. Music is like that. It's like, yeah. Oh, at least we can all talk about yeah. music. It's weird when you meet, I had one friend in college who drove me somewhere and it was totally silent. And I was like, what's the deal? And he was like, I don't like music. I find it distracting. All music. I never listen to music, period, ever in my life. Yeah, that's... I avoid listening to music. Odd duck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want, I want to say that I could be friends with them because I don't think that I'm... 
I wouldn't bias. cast someone out. But <laughs> Nate, Nate Snyder and I are right. fr- on friendly terms. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely we somewhere where we, butt, in a where we would butt heads. <laughs> I, no, I'm driving because I want to listen to music. Yeah, he's like, the only audio I listen to is baseball games. You want to hear a baseball game? And I was like, let's just drive. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Well, thanks for giving me the reins of the show of momentarily. Course. I pass them back to you. Thank you. This has been a Waveformed, and you can find links to all the playlists featured on Waveformed at patreon.com slash smallbeans. Anything to plug? Any projects coming no, up? No, I mean this is this was the project I know, that this I was is working a project. on right now. I'm just wondering and if there's other stuff. All right. Yeah, hopefully by the <laughs> time I mean by the time we air this one, hopefully we will have also aired the the song that I've been working on as a theme song for this podcast. So I mean I'm assuming that's what's going to may very well that be that this is the first episode to feature the full theme song. Hopefully. And if that was the case, note that it did. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll probably put it on like the small bean store, maybe. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. 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 All right, dude. Till next time. Bye.